Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. On this week's episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, we get back to our roots and discuss a divisive food item and how it's labeled. We've got some football news for you, including who is the likely week one starter at quarterback, and we've got your week one preview of the Ole Miss Rebels. The 23 Personnel Podcast starts right now. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, episode 29. It is game week. We are getting ready for Ole Miss. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. So... I say it's game week. We're actually recording a little early, but we will do. We will be doing our Ole Miss game preview, which will release the week of uh, of the first game. We are bound to get something right because we're recording a little early. We'll have to forgive us. <laughs> Michael's got some family in, coming into town, and we can't we can't get his, his mother in law on, on the podcast. Right, and I'll be traveling that day. So, oh, that's right. He's going on vacation too. Yep, I'll, I'll be driving in from. Lovely Grapevine, Grapevine, Texas. So, so two podcast. Not a lot of podcast time. Well, two podcast recordings in one week to make up for it. Man, it's it's two been, days apart. It's been a rough schedule. No, we did our draft two days ago. And I'm already sweating. I'm really concerned about my receivers. Like, man, it's because you got Greer and Sills. And Sills I'm, got the one-two punch. I'm screwed. <laughs> Although I do have. Well, see, and if you didn't get the number one Oklahoma receiver too, I. I like, if I had gotten uh, Marquise Brown, I think it would have been a little more... I remember I stole that away from you because you had Kyler Murray, who I'm sure you're glad to know was officially <laughs> named the starter today. Oh, I'm so... so breathe a sigh of relief. Crisis averted. Right. That number one draft pick goes to good use. I, I want all of y'all to know that if Spencer and I are a little sluggish this evening, it's because uh, Spencer oh, came, came over to my house here at 23 Personnel HQ North with chips and queso from Caprock Cafe, and I'm just... Had to. I'm just now, I'm still reeling from it. We had to eat all of them before we started recording because we knew we couldn't handle it. Having chips and queso sitting out here, uh, y'all would have been hearing a lot of crunching. And We probably lost all of our listeners if we had just, <laughs> so if we'd eaten chips. It would have been, been a Eight bizarre chips. experience that no one would have wanted to be a part of but us. We would have been enjoying it. So speaking of, just because I'm going to make this... This connection. I'm not a big fan of like extra mouth noises, and I'm feeling like really conscious of myself making extra mouth noises. <laughs> I tried to listen to another podcast the other day. It was a football-related podcast, and it was they, they were doing um, doing a Big Twelve preview. I think they were Oklahoma fans, but anyway, that's that's not the point with their fan where their fandom lies. I don't know if it was like dude's mic was like right in his mouth or what, but he was. <laughs> In his mouth. They, they hadn't even started. They hadn't even gotten it's one to of those sucker microphones where you yeah. just put it in your mouth and you click it on your teeth. And <laughs> they hadn't even gotten to the Texas Tech preview, and I could not stay, take it anymore. Turned it off. I was like, I can't do this dude's mouth. And they also had like five people on the podcast. Like, well, so they had five regular hosts, and they brought in uh, Jarrett Johnson from Inside the Redditors. So they had six people on the podcast. Wow. And that episode was two hours long. I was like. We, we may have done a two-hour-long episode. I, I think we, we split it up. I was like, I'm not making it through two hours. I, I get that feeling now when we released like, those first episodes, especially when we had Hunter on. It was like an hour 45. Right, like, the three of us get going. We can't help it. We can't help ourselves. So two hours, dude's mouth. I was like, I can't take it. I just couldn't do it. I, I've can, so, uh, I can sympathize with that. There's certain, and I may have one of them, there are certain voices that I can't, I can't do. Uh, certain patterns of speech that people use. Unfortunately, it's a lot of 
It's a lot of people on, like reporters on NPR <laughs> or This American Life. Uh, there's just kind of some certain inflections and patterns that just, they, they annoy me, but it's not enough for me to quit listening. It's, it's just one of those things you're, you're kind of, you kind of groan a little bit. Oh, this person's doing this report. Uh, okay. All right. I can, I can make it through. I'll be fine. So speaking of like having an inflection of a news person, one, we have a former broadcast uh, journalist in our office now, mm-hmm. and we've done some Facebook Live where she's the host on the video. Like she flips into her her news, her anchor voice, and it's hilarious. Two, um, with all the the regents and the all the weirdness that's been going on with, with Texas Tech and, and the athletic program, I've listened to some of the non-sports talk radio guys. I'm, I, I realize I don't have a voice for radio. I don't think I do either. I, <laughs> I, I like, have the accent for West Texas radio, but I don't think I have the voice. So I, I, I've been listening to some of the guys from KFYO and your good friend Chad Hasty. Oh, Shout yeah. out to him for getting us some... Uh, Robert Duncan School of Veterinary yeah, we, Pins. Yeah, we won them. If yeah. anyone asks, we won them. Uh, they and were giving was, some away during the radio show the other day. I've got to go pick them up. Yeah, it was Michael doing some air quotes. Sorry, <laughs> throw him under the bus. No, but like, so I, I've been listening to some of his, his coverage and watching some of his videos. Like, one, props to him for being able to do a show, even like just small truncated sections of it by himself. The 20 seconds I had to do it by myself when you got up to go check on a door, I, I felt I was lost. And he's doing, you know, He's doing full it the shows. whole show, yeah. He does and, it the whole show unless he takes calls or has an interview. Or and there something. are guys like that. I just, like, oh, He'll wow. do full segments, seven, ten minutes, just him. I, I don't know how do he it. does it. No. And, and, and what's, what's great about him, too, is as far as if you're just hanging out with him, he talks the same way. It's not like he's, he doesn't put on a radio voice or anything. This he just happens to have a, a good natural. radio. Yeah, yeah. He's he, it, that's pretty much it. And and back to you being around someone who was who worked in uh, broadcasting in our church group a few years ago. We had one of the local newsacres in town, and she was great. And uh, but just every time, like she would choose to read a passage of the Bible or you know whatever they were reading, and. It would just, it was like a switch, like she couldn't help it. It just immediately went into perfect dictation, a little bit of projecting, just, it was, it was great because you could just see Neutral accent. Yeah, very, very non-regional. Non-regional dialect. Non-regional dialect. (laughs) The rest of the time, you know, you couldn't, you you didn't think twice about it, but whenever she was reading, man, it was, it was always, it made you pay attention. Oh, this is important. (laughs) We've got a, a local anchor in our church congregation now. Um, and instead of like volunteering, I think he's assigned. Like whenever there's a reading, hey John, would you mind reading this? <laughs> he, gets, then, he gets picked out of the he, group. He, he turns on his his news anchor and reads perfectly. And um, but so you, you brought the the regional dialect with you know talking about accents and everything. Um, I think it's a good as any good as any segue into our. Our intro topic. We're gonna we're gonna bring it back to our roots here. We're going back to food. Yep. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum! And how you get the most out of select can't miss events with access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events. You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Yeah, uh, this is a uh, food and sports clash at the goal line. Absolutely. And this podcast is quite, uh, I hate to use the word literally, but it is definitely fueled by queso today. Definitely. We, um, have, we have had queso already, and now we're going to talk about kolaches. 
So Michael had an experience in his office recently. This morning, yesterday, it was just this, this week, morning. Yeah, um, where they were talking about kolaches, some disagreements on what is a kolache in terms of the actual food item. I don't right. Want, I don't what to, we call kolaches out here um, in West Texas reminds me of the burrito taco debate because I could see that because it, it's growing similar. up in East Texas, I did not call what we're about to talk about a kolache. Um, Anyway, so I'll let you sit set up your yeah. Your we office. had uh, one of our coworkers. I'll I'll use names. No one no one's going to listen. Dustin might listen, and which which is good. I'll use his name, but you've already used it. So. No, I, I was going to use his. <laughs> but uh, one of our coworkers, Liz, brought uh, breakfast for the office this morning, and she sent out an email saying that uh, there are donuts and sausage rolls in the kitchen. That's what she called them. And so Dustin, who, like me, immediately picked up on that, I think he went and talked to her and he said <laughs> something like, hey, you know, thanks for not calling them kolaches because that's really not what they are. And, and so he sent me this email after he talked to her and he said, I was thanking Liz for the donuts and sausage rolls this morning and thanking her for not calling them kolaches. This led to a brief discussion on the spreading of lies Hot by, take. <laughs> by these bakeries up here. So I present to you for your podcast, kolaches. Why bakers all over Texas are spreading lies to pass off a pig in a blanket as a kolache? I will tell you, it's because of probably one one very well-known bakery that does have Eastern European ties that can actually actually call what they are serving kolaches. And I think they're trying to to ride those coattails. But you actually found an article on Texas Monthly. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, this is uh, from the Texanist. In case y'all haven't read any any of the Texanist stuff, uh, the Texanist likes to talk in third person. I'm not sure what that what that is. But this is, is from... Is that the, the author's name is the Texanist? Well, it's... He refers to himself as a Texanist. The author is actually David Courtney in this case, but the Texanist is kind of a Excuse me. Sorry, different if, if you all heard that, I'm so sorry. <laughs> we, we, don't talking about, a, we don't have a dump button here. We're, we're trying. Not yet. <laughs> we're, our our high-tech recording equipment may come into the office tomorrow, but it doesn't help us tonight. No, so. but we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> no, the, uh, David Courtney, I believe, was, was the Texanist at this time. It's kind of like being, this is a... It's a very bold comparison. It's kind of like being James Bond or uh, Doctor Who. It's just someone else will play them after a while. So uh, someone wrote back in 2011. I'm not going to read their entire uh, question, but they essentially kind of boiled it down to a similar question that Dustin raised today. And uh, they went ahead and talked about how a real kolache quote is is a fruit kolache and this place that they went that where they were served kolaches they uh they had fruit kolaches and then they had real quote real ones that had meat in them and that clearly upset this this guy that wrote into the texanist and so what the texanist came up with was that uh, there is another thing that's called a called a klobosnik I think I'm pronouncing that right. Bosniki. Yeah. It has an I at the end, but that's probably plural. Which is basically what we're talking about. What you see in West Texas is a pig in a blanket. A sausage roll. Yeah, a sausage <laughs> roll. It's, you could call it anything else like that. And so you see that in West Texas a lot, and that's what we think they really mean when they say it. But the Texanist does have a, uh, a good suggestion at the end. He suggests... Quote, that in the future you ignore all signage. <laughs> Simply point at the case and say, I'll have two of those, two of those, one of those, three of that, and a cup of coffee, please, and let your taste buds determine the true, the true state of our kolaches. So, How many times do you go, like, actually go into a, a donut shop and don't order what the, the donuts are called? You're like, I want, I want, oh, I want yeah, a couple of those and you're pointing right sight. at the case. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's almost, That's what he's telling you to yeah, do. It, it's almost like you're, you're moved emotionally, like your heart is guiding you. So I, I think that's good advice, but, but Dustin, so, you're exactly right. That what a true we, kolache has fruit, yes. Yes, a true kolache maybe is... Maybe some cream cheese. Yeah, and it doesn't even look, um, it doesn't even look like what we call a kolache. It's, and I know you know this, Spencer, because you've actually been to West and you've 
you've been, been around. To the motherland. You've been to the motherland. You know, I've checked stop. Most of my uh, breakfast pastries have been out here, where I thought a kolache was a pig in a blanket, basically for a, probably till about four or five years ago. I, I realized that that wasn't a, a, a true kolache yet. I still call them that. Uh, but yeah, a true kolache is is a, a flat piece of pastry with excuse me. <laughs> Here we go, guys. Flat, I'm sorry, it, it's the queso. It's a flat piece of pastry with fruit on it, and then what this guy call it? Popsica. Uh, hang on, I've got to see what popsica is. But that that's a topping that goes on it. And that's what a true one is. But it's basically just kind of a sugar topping, I think. Yeah, oh, so this is an angelfire.com website. That shows how old that is. A recipe for a kolache. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So the, like, if you're going to the, the Czech stop, they're sweet topping. I think it's cream cheese based, but it is sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they do have regular cream cheese, like without any fruit. They also do sausage rolls. And I, don't, I, I can't tell you what, the, what they actually call them in the store. We looked up in their menu and it just says under their pastries, it just says, Sausage with cheese, and it's not yeah. like labeled a self-explanatory. Klobosniki. Yeah, you, you, yeah, it's not going to be a klobosniki, or they definitely wouldn't call it a kolache there for for sure. So you, you'll need to let us know where, where you're listening from. Tell us what you call the pig in a blanket, sausage roll, meat-filled kolache goodness that we pick up in the mornings. Oh yeah, they're still delicious. There's oh, they're so good. They're great with. With uh, you know the cheapest yellow mustard you can find, dude, I like that too. Yeah. And a little bit of cheese, the jalapenos, jalapenos is also really personal good. Personal favorite. Yep. But whatever you call them, yeah, they're they're definitely not a traditional kolache. All right, I know you probably tuned in to listen to an Ole Miss preview. We are moving on to football quickly. Um, speaking of, or just move, news moves quickly. News it cycle. It does. We recorded Tuesday night, hours after uh, Texas Tech running back Dalion Ward had been arrested and all this kind of stuff. Woke up, released the podcast Wednesday morning. Before lunch Wednesday, he had been released. The charges had been dismissed. The whole case was put away. We're like, well. The DA apologized? I mean, so one, it's just this whole thing is a cluster and it looks like it had to deal with some kind of clerical error, either with the DA or with the, the police department. It doesn't matter who. There was just a, a mix-up. Possibly even the Texas Tech Police Department, since it sure. occurred on campus. Well, apparently, uh, from everything we can see, Ward should not have been arrested. He was, should have been cleared right. a long time ago. Whatever happened, were supposed to happen, to keep him from being arrested. or I don't know how it got messed up. He was not supposed to be arrested. He did. And it took him a while to, to, to clear it up. Um, Happy that, you know, there wasn't any kind of impropriety. impropriety. Although the, the, there was somebody suggesting on the Staking the Plains Facebook page um, that he was able to get off because his attorney was a friend with the outgoing district attorney. He's like, dude, like they've got video. Um, they've got testimony, all this kind of stuff. I'm sure they, were, they went through all this. The clerical error makes a lot of sense in why... It would have happened if the details that we had seen at that point were true. Um, it looks like Ward had his ID fraudulently used mm-hmm. to gain access to the um, the rec center where these devices were stolen. Um, so they they, were, they tracked that. I guess whoever stole it had at least a passing resemblance to Ward, since they do have video there. Um, Again, I mean, unless it's like in the middle of the night, there's probably a lot of people going in and out. Difficult to identify one person over another one. So, anyways, since we recorded Tuesday, Ward has been, the case against Ward has been dismissed. Um, No official word has come out from the program, although there wasn't one that came out after he was arrested. The assumption is all all is as it was on Monday. Yeah, but before this, back all, to normal. Yeah, I, I would not expect this to have any kind of impact on Ward or his standing with the team, no. especially since he had been cleared. Um, it actually, so somebody actually pointed out that the clerical error makes sense because if you look at the picture that they took of Ward after he had been booked, he looked annoyed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw that too. Severe inconvenience like, to me, is, and you can see it in his face. <laughs> we thought we, I thought we had this 
figured out, guys. I thought we had this settled. And we were so wrong. Um, So anyways, we're we're happy that this whole thing had been cleared up and how quickly it's been cleared up since it actually broke. Um, Kirby Hocutt had some, you know, some strong words backing him up at uh, luncheon. And I think they posted some of that and I got to... I got to see some of it, but he was, you know, he was really adamant about supporting the kids and wanting it to be a place for your kids to go and know that they would, they would be supported by the school until proven otherwise. So that, that was good to see. And, and to expand on you talking about the, the roommate using his fraudulent ID. Well, we, we think well, not, it's a not his fraudulent ID. Yeah. They, they, Yes, they they think that it was his roommate who was actually a walk-on at the time, who's no longer here. And if if it was him who took it, that uh, this same player had a theft case from October, just one month before, from stealing electronics. So that seems, you know... You don't want to just you don't want to assume he's guilty either, I guess. But it's, if that's him, his, his mo has been set, right? Right. It's, <laughs> but it's we can't you know we can't do the we can't do one thing with one player and one thing with another one, even though he's not on the team. So like, I can't assume the other guy's guilty, but it sure doesn't sound like Ward did anything. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, there were a lot of Texas Tech fans that were quick to judge Ward's Very guilt. Quick. Very quick. Um, we, I don't, I wouldn't say that we were, we, it's possible our podcast and our comments could have been lumped into that group of judging too quickly. I should have gone back to listen because I was, I was curious about it. Either way, I'm, we're, I want to make it clear that we're very glad that it's not, that he's been cleared and that everything that was looking like it was pointing to him as being responsible for this was incorrect. Right. Um, that it was really a clerical error on the, on the part of the DA or the one of the police departments. Um, His lawyer even tweeted out that day, the morning of like, before it happens, like Ward will well, be will be cleared. He tweeted out the day he was arrested. To uh, but I didn't know what he meant because I actually follow him on Twitter. I didn't know what he meant, but he he tweeted out, um, you know, have faith, fellow Red Raiders, always innocent until proven guilty. And something, because, and, and I just, I, I chalked it up. I didn't know, I had no idea what it meant. I didn't know it was related to Ward, but that was exactly what it was related to. Yep. All right, let's, let's, let's get to some Ole Miss preview. All or, right. Or let's start with the, uh, the article that Seth released this morning. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, so it was, it was a two-part article. There was the one that was, came up, that was released today, um, Humans Are Not Hardware. Uh, it was, this was... You have to correct me if I'm wrong. I, I read it quickly and didn't didn't spend a lot of time interacting in the comments. Um, basically, talking about the current state of strength and conditioning programs across the country, especially right. relating to Maryland and the death of Jordan McNair earlier this summer. Um, and actually, was quoting Rusty Witt, who I think the quote was from a like a coaches convention where he's speaking to other strength coaches. It was. Um, I think it was. An he's article. saying, yeah, he's saying. Well, an article. He's saying stuff like, you know, your these guys aren't Navy SEALs. Um, the point isn't to push them until they're broken. Um, you know, Seth points out the mentality of the strength and conditioning coaches used to be to push them as hard as they could to see what they had to to toughen them up mentally and physically. Um, but unfortunately, when that happens, with with that mindset, you get unnecessary injuries and deaths. Um, so this was part two. Part one was just as good. And I'm, you don't have to remind me on that one, the title and the topic. Oh, I'd have, I have to look at that too. I'm, I'm hung up on part one right now. It was, it was about Kingsbury's player development was what he talked about in part one. But yeah, the second one was just, I don't know. It's, it's always, I, I like when Seth does this and just kind of takes a look at, uh, just kind of the psyche behind the program here and there and how the sausage gets made a little bit. I, I hate to, that was not a purposeful pun <laughs> or a callback, sorry. But it was, it was good to see him quote uh, Rusty Witt, who appears to have a really solid philosophy and is probably 
you know, very, very strict and, and maybe not hard on you, but expects a lot out of you, but also realistic and also not someone who is going to push you to the point of, you know, he, he knows your limits and he knows people's limits and he's, he's going to respect that. Well, and, and just, wow. I think that kind of goes back to his, his strength and conditioning, um, like his philosophy of building these players' bodies, you know, in a way that one is going to be beneficial for them, but also beneficial for the game. Whereas we've seen other Texas Tech strength and conditioning coaches go for just size or just speed, just get large, yeah. or just get fast. Now we do have a, a speed coach, or we, at least we used to. I, I would assume he's still with the staff, um, and that's still. Um, an emphasis with the, with the strength and conditioning program, but you see, you know, Rusty Wood is doing, you know, exercise and workouts that are meant to build strength um, that directly correlates to the game, and not, you know, we're just going to get your your biceps and your chest as big as we can, just right. because it looks cool. Right. Yeah. Maybe. And and have a purpose for it. Yeah. Have do exercises that will be useful that will actually have production on the field you know if if doing a thousand pounds on the leg press doesn't Doesn't help your leg don't do it (laughs) yeah Yeah. but one thing i wanted to bring up to you spencer was at the very end uh seth kind of threw in i I wouldn't call it a hot take by any means but he he threw in a, a a pretty good little bit of 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 his opinion on things and I'm just going to read the last paragraph just for context. So Seth uh, says this at the end. I mentioned in the prior piece that during Kingsbury's birthday surprise that he looked surprised, a bit embarrassed, happy, and flattered. This is officially his baby from the top down, and make no mistake that I'm cheering for Kingsbury to succeed. Regardless as to what happens this year, I honestly believe that Kingsbury has the program in a better place than when he found it. And I wanted to ask you if you feel the same way. He didn't say that. This is me talking. That was me asking Spencer, by the way. Um, I, I hate to be like diving into semantics, but like, okay, when you talk about the program, what do you think he means? You think he means like overall direction? I think what you he... you think he means talent? I think what he means is developing players... Uh, Recruiting so, kids who want to be here and trying to establish a culture. I think that's what he means by program. Cause so let's start with that first piece because you brought up three. The first one you said was, three. gosh. Um, developing players, I think. Developing players, absolutely, yes. It seemed like um, previous coaching staff was get the best players you you could get in and then just just run them until they're done, right? right. Um, and what you had is what you got. There wasn't any, you know, we're going to get this guy and we're going to get him up. We're going to make him into the best player possible. It just seemed like they got a guy in and that's who you got for three or four years or, you know, last if he flamed out or got injured or whatever. Um, I can't speak to what the program was like under Mike Leach in that aspect, but I think, you know, at least from – Tuberville to Kingsbury, there's a definite uh, improvement in terms of player development. Um, and I think that would go along with the culture of the program. But what was, was the, the second one you mentioned, the middle one? I think getting guys here that want to be here. So I think with the recruiting difficulties, if you will, the, the special, not the special circumstance, but the situation surrounding the isolation of, of Texas Tech, uh, in-state rivals, um, I think you have to build, you have to base your recruiting on guys that want to be here to get the best guys you can that want to be here. Right. Um, because we've seen Kingsbury, especially early on, go after those maybe top-end talent that didn't want to be here, either got them to commit and they, they decommitted or left, or they got to school and then transferred. Um, so I, I, wouldn't, I would say he's probably getting better at that throughout his tenure, um, but it wasn't always that way. Right. 
I, I, I don't know. I've, I've kind of, I, I agree with Seth on a lot of this. Uh, I will admit it's because man, I man really, get an opinion. I really like I'm just No, I, <laughs> I really like Kingsbury, uh, but and and I know that he's even he's even voiced that he's not sold on him still being here. Really, I think he was ready for him to to be gone. Not after this year, maybe even after the or not, I think it was after 2016. He he was open for a change then. So for him to say that, that's. He's still looking at it from a non-biased point of view, really. So I, I do think that despite what the records have shown, which have been bad, uh, and especially in conference play, that I do, I do think this team is in a better place than, than when he got here. I think it was a lot of – probably a lot of those players – Saw the writing on the wall. Probably never really planned on Tupperville sticking around that much or that long, and may have dealt with it the same fashion and kind of looked at it as well. I'll just play here till till I'm done, and it's not going to be a being a Red Raider may not be that important. It's just going to help me get through college and and get to the next phase of my life. So. I feel like Kingsbury and these guys are, are kind of trying to instill that portion of it a, a lot more and showcase what the university can offer, what Lubbock can offer, even though it's out here by itself. And it's a good building block to keep these kids coming back. I feel like I meandered a lot on that answer. But I, I do think he has it in a better place than okay. when he found it. In that aspect. <laughs> Let's not talk about halftime loss records and, and whatnot. Two and 20. Ugh, no, no, we're good. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about if the program being in a better, better spot is going to turn into an extra win or a loss, specifically talking about Ole Miss coming up September 1st, Saturday. I can't believe it. Sorry. So... Michael and I discussed this might be one of our more difficult previews. I think I mentioned when we first started, one, because we're recording a little early. We don't have any any games to go on this season. Uh, We just have a bunch of, we think this. Like, we don't know who's going to be healthy on either team. Um, Really, the starting lineups or any of that kind of stuff. So, we're diving into Ole Miss preview 30 minutes into a a preview podcast because we're, we're, we're dipping our toes and we're a little... Uh, anxious or with some in, intrepidation? Is that uh, the word? Tre- maybe just trepidation. Trepidation? Not, yeah. We're not not intrepidous. I think an intrepid was a... A journey. A, a dodge. <laughs> a <laughs> vehicle. There we go. Which is funny because now they have a journey. Of course they do. You have an intrepid and a journey. All right, Ole Miss. They're located in Mississippi. In... Oxford. Gosh, I blanked. I've got two cousins that go to Ole Miss. I was like, where is that? <laughs> so I have family that go to Ole Miss. I've got, a, I've got a, another cousin, a brother. So there's three cousins in that family. Two went to Ole Miss. One is at Southern Miss. Anyways, Ole Miss, Oxford. Um, won't be playing the game in Oxford. In the Grove. We're going to be playing in, in Houston. Um, we've read some preview articles Again, it's some good, some bad. Some good, some bad. Like you can immediately tell when they say Texas Tech is going to have a bad defense. Like they don't know what they're talking about. No. Nope. The first one though was kind of a mixed bag because he said the first one to forty-five is going to win this game. <laughs> yeah. We're like, it's going to be the like the one of the best wildest shootouts of the week, and we're like, that's not really going to be Texas Tech's mo this year. No, not but at all. The further we got into the preview, he said he actually mentioned this may be Tech's best defense under Kingsbury. He's like. He does know. Um, but then he, he went on to finish that sentence and say, but it's Texas Tech. It's still Texas Tech. So, so thanks. you're, you're still going to have to fight that kind of uh, opinion around the country. I think the biggest thing is, from when I started thinking about this game, and I was like, we're going to just get manhandled because it's SEC and they're, they're going to have a defense. Ole Miss has like the worst defense in their conference. They do. I, they, I felt the same way. I thought even if they weren't that great on paper, they're just going to be 
They're going to be, be so much bigger and, bigger and so and much. Faster. Yeah, these guys are all going to be playing NFL football in 24 months. You know, I, there's just no way. But that's not the case. Absolutely false. And the guys <laughs> that they did have that were wrecking shop last year, which weren't many of them. I think, I think the article, the big preview from Bill Connolly lists out three specific guys on defense. Yep. There are two, they're, they're top three sack leaders, basically. There are two defensive ends and a, a linebacker. They combined for, I think it was 14 and a half sacks for the, defense, half. for the defensive lineman and then another f- two or three for the linebacker. All three of those players are gone. Yep. Um, and that was their, their high point on their defense was adjusted sack rate, um, which sounds... <laughs> Everybody, um, get, everybody, get your adjusted sack rates checked. Um, so the, that was the the high point that kind of bolstered their defense to not be absolutely dead last. I think they ranked in the advanced metrics 113th. Yeah, it was 113. You're talking about like 2015, 2014 Texas Tech type of defense. They were Couldn't second in 2014. Yeah, so they've fallen off a cliff. Yeah, I I don't know how that happened. Do you? Hugh Freeze. <laughs> And there, sanctions. Any, any idea? Any idea how that happened? They got caught paying people, Michael. That's <laughs> t-shirts, man. <laughs> um, Gotta get your t-shirts. Offense on the other hand is a different question. They they have this identity of being fast and fun on offense, kind of outside the norm of an SEC team. Their players, um, despite losing Shea Patterson, he transferred out to Michigan. Despite losing him, should still be fairly explosive. However. Let me tell you, A.J. Brown is maybe not the big-time receiver Hang on. that everybody should be scared of. Hang on. Now, I'm, I'm gonna, I might interpret this a different way than you. Okay. When, when, when I, w- I was looking into this, it's like, okay, everybody talks about A.J. Brown, and they talk about the NWO, which I think is the stupidest name for their wide receiver core. <laughs> I hadn't heard of this. you, you got to tell them what this is. They, they got this nickname from their wide receivers coach before. Like on his very first, he claims he gave it to him on their on his very first day on the job. NWO, obviously talking about the rapper rapper group. No, no, NWO. No, was, no, the, the 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 wrestlers, the wrestlers. I'm sorry, that's NWA. Yeah, there we go. Sorry, the the wrestlers. Um, NWO in terms of Ole Miss stands for nasty whiteouts, which that's super lazy. I'm gonna sigh really big into the microphone. They also have a wrestling style belt that they carry around and they celebrate with it's like the turnover chain at miami it's ridiculous tech did something like that that i kind of got a kick out of but i think it was i'm thinking basketball actually well it was that they also had the, they the had something in basketball and, and, and the sledgehammer but this was like the last year under tuberville i think because um they were the chain gang chain gang yes yeah, it was like right. terrence bullet cody davis trey porter were all like the big leaders in that anyways okay NWO have this belt. They celebrate. I just, I'm not impressed. One. <laughs> okay. So I, I was looking at AJ Brown. I, I looked up his highlight video. I was watching a highlight video. And I, I was, something I noticed pretty quickly. One, it's a three-minute video. 45 seconds was just like intro. I was like, if you have a three-minute video and you aren't just like blasting out all these like ridiculous touchdowns. You don't have as much as you think you do. Just, you know, editing skill. Sure. To show off. He's setting up the story. Like yeah, He's setting up the story. That's it. I'm going to hook you 45 seconds in and then give you two minutes of highlights. No. Um, in 2001, <laughs> AJ so, Brown came in. <laughs> so dude's wrecking shop in this video. And I'm noticing, like, I don't recognize any of these uniforms, right? This is like SEC. Like, I know the SEC teams. Don't recognize any of the uniforms. Because there was a diving catch against Kentucky, where yeah, he hit the pylon, and, and and he had a couple. He probably had a couple plays. I didn't watch the whole video. I was like, "This is stupid." I, yeah, I made it about. Three um, and, a half and then a couple minutes. against Mississippi State, but his biggest games, especially that were showcased in this highlight video, were against the University of South Alabama, University Solid. of Tennessee at Martin, yeah, Vanderbilt, and Louisiana Lafayette. So, okay, Brown did have a 1,000 yards receiving. He didn't play. 52. He didn't play in two games. Or one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. He didn't play in one game. Sorry, there's two weeks he doesn't have any stats. One was probably a bye week. So, 1,200 yards. Mm-hmm. 
against South Alabama, first game, he had 233 yards. Uh, UTM had 156. Vanderbilt, 174. University of Lafayette, Louisiana Lafayette, 184. And then against his hometown rival, because he's from Starkville, Mississippi, against Mississippi State, he went off for 167. Which was which he, a little bolstered because he had like an 80 yard pass in there. So, like, he went five catches for like 60 yards and then a big one. Was he recruited by Freeze? Uh, probably because he's a, he's a junior now. And he's, there's that whole Starkville connection, yeah. kind of weird stuff going. I don't know. I'm completely making stuff up on that right now. So, games where he was either at home or playing nobody, he racked up all of his yards. And his like Michael, you said in his six wins. Yeah, in his in. Well, sorry, in, in the six wins, Ole Miss posted. AJ Brown had at fifty-one catches for nine hundred eighty yards and ten touchdowns. So of his twelve hundred fifty yards, almost a thousand of them came in six games. Well, which he, means in five other games, he had. 200 yards. Yeah, and in six losses, he had 24 catches, 272 yards, one score. But you can interpret it that one way or another. You could interpret it as in maybe these teams lost because they figured out how to cover him. Well, but it wasn't like he went off for big yards at the beginning of the season and then he dwindled a lot. If he played any kind of defense, he didn't do anything. Against Alabama, one catch, six yards. Uh, at oh, Auburn, wow. At Auburn, he had 10 catches. Which is second in terms of most in the season. He had one game, we had 14. 10 catches for 109. So about 11 yards a catch. Um, LSU, four catches for 39 yards. Arkansas, two catches for 48. At Kentucky, seven catches for 65. Um, home against AM, seven catches for 70 yards. Like this is fairly pedestrian for. The one of the best receivers in the country. I agree, but I think I think he was he just wasn't targeted as much. I bet the quarterback was pressured or something because he okay Connolly had this other great stat and we talked about this before we started recording too. Connolly says here's a complete list of FBS players with at least ninety targets, seventy five percent catch rate, and fifteen yards per catch in twenty seventeen. The complete list. All right, y'all, y'all ready? Listening. Ole Miss's AJ Brown and Texas Tech's Kiki Kuti. That's it. Those are the only two. So AJ Brown was targeted 94 times and caught it 80% of the time. So it just feels like he wasn't in some of these big games. Maybe they just couldn't get get the ball out. They couldn't get it to him. Maybe he so when they, they did double him when they played a, a decent defense. You're right. You're nothing right. happened. That's true. I guess so. With some big physical. Defensive backs who could cover well, because he, I, I did watch that video. He's one of those guys. He's six one or six two, two twenty five. Every bit of it, I I completely believe he, that. He's he's a very dense six one. He is, and he to muscled two twenty five or two thirty. Yeah, and he was muscling balls away from guys, and 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 then he he has to be. This is gonna sound like it's a non compliment, but he's got to be like the slow one of the slower fast guys you'll see. <laughs> Because he doesn't look like he's moving fast, but no one's catching him. He just his, I guess he has long strides. I don't know what it is, but you just you watch some of his highlights and you think, man, how's he gonna make it? But there's no one in the frame, or there, he's just outrunning everybody. It just somehow it doesn't look like it, and I can't explain why. So I'm not saying AJ Brown's not good. Oh no, I get you. It's just when if if there's a defense that with a pulse. A pulse. Is capable of pressuring the quarterback and or getting a couple guys on him most of the time. Then A pulse. He's going to have trouble getting <laughs> open. Okay, I, I get your point. I get your point. Speaking of that, though, on the flip side, looking at Ole Miss's defense. Um, so their adjusted sack rate. They were really good in it. Um, but Bill Connolly made the point. Oh, gosh. I'm, 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 I need to reference this really quickly before I'm, I'm going to butcher it. On the adjusted sack rate, my new favorite stat. <laughs> Everyone, every, that's that's what baseball players do a lot. We need to we need to monitor baseball players' adjusted sack rate. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was too good. Thanks. Um, I've been working that, workshopping that in my head. My okay. head said it was okay to go ahead and say it out loud. Okay, sorry. Defense. Talking about Ole Miss defense. Um, 
if this is from Bill Conlon's article, if they could force you to pass, if they could force the opponent into passing, they could get you into trouble because they, they were so good sack with the adjusted sack right now. We did point out those three guys are gone. And he said, unfortunately, they couldn't force you to pass. They were 83rd in standard downs success rate. And Michael had a discussion what standard downs means. Basically, it says it's a toss-up basically between pass or run. So first and 10, second and seven or fewer, third and four or those fewer. Are, those are all standard downs. Those are standard downs. Passing downs would be uh, second and eight or more, third and five or more, fourth and five or more. Um, and then... So they couldn't force you into, the, and, and they couldn't force you to pass because their standard down success rate was so bad, which means they couldn't stop you. They couldn't get you into a passing down. We kind of know how that feels, right? Like you, you could run the ball and get the three yards you need to keep on track, or just just keep moving the chains, passing it. Um, and most of that pass rush came from Breland Sparks. He was drafted by the Chiefs. Marquise Haynes, who went to the Panthers. And like I said, we, we talked about those two earlier. They combined for 14 and a half sacks. And then linebacker Demarcus Gates, um, leader and non-sack tackles for loss and rough run stuffs, also gone. So if they're going to be making any improvements on defense, it's going to be with experience. Because they were talking about that they don't have any, or from what I've seen, they don't know, they haven't identified like a star player that's going to step up. Like, you think about the Texas Tech defense, you're looking at Jayshon Johnson, Dakota Allen. Justice. Justice Parker's another good one I was, I was blanking on. Your cornerbacks are, are kind of like where you can make the, the comparison back to Ole Miss. They're good, they've got experience. We just need to see what they can do. Same kind of thing basically across the board with Ole Miss defense. They've got some guys that they should be looking towards for improvement. Um, but the 2017 defense in the advanced stats of S&P Plus ranked 113th. Yeah. So even as, as a Texas Tech offense that may be trying to find its way, you may be able to find your way against one of the worst defenses, at least 2017, in the country that then lost some of their key contributors. Yeah, some of, some of the, the guys that kept them from being 128th yeah. are, are no longer there. On the flip side, their offense was ranked um, S&P rating for 2017, number nine. Yep, and it was either, that was good for either number one or number two in the SEC, I think. Number right? one in the SEC. Um, Texas Tech, not that we had a great offensive year last year. We came at 25th in this these rankings. That's still crazy. That, that, that just still blows my mind that no one here really thinks we had a great offensive year last year because we didn't. Top 25, though. Still top 25. Uh, so, that, I just, that just still blows me away every time. In terms of success rates, uh, meaning like on those standard downs, are you getting the yards you need? Uh, Ole Miss had a rating of 100, sorry, a score of 111. Texas Tech had 115 almost, really close together. That, that ranked for 29th for Ole Miss, 15th for Tech. Um, explosiveness, very similar to Tech. Um, rushing success, they were actually quite a bit lower than Tech. Would kind of surprising since they lost their their leading rusher from last year. They're trying to figure out who's going to replace him. Um, I think their biggest thing is their their passing game um, with these this NWO and the Jordan <laughs> Taamu, the quarterback, significantly better than, than Tech. Actually, they their offense was ranked 14th passing offense. Passing S&P Plus. Wow, sorry. Let me get this right. Ranked 14th. Texas Tech was 35th. Oh, yeah. That so, actually, our right. rushing offense raised our S&P, overall S&P rating, whereas that's not been the... Hopefully, that'll happen again this year, and I think it will. Just having having a few more running options thrown in there in the mix. I I wanted to point out something. You, you're talking about defensive standouts. I... I mentioned on the previous podcast I went to the Chamber of Commerce breakfast on Tuesday. You didn't oh, save me any bacon. Saved you no bacon. I wouldn't even tell you what was all on the menu. I can, though. I, okay. I, would, I would gladly relive that. But it was on the 22nd, I believe. So that morning was the morning that Kingsbury told us all that he's got three guys who can, who can uh, play quarterback and he's not worried about it. And then he went on later that morning, I think, even, and said that he's decided who it's going to be. But what I didn't 
mention was that uh, I'd been to another, uh, I forgot, some sort of function where P- Kingsbury was a speaker there. And at that function and at this one, he mentioned Joe Wallace being a standout for a defensive line. Mm-hmm. He mentioned him again. And then he also mentioned Preston Gordon on our behalf. Because I was thinking of Mike Thomas and how much I miss him already. But <laughs> I want to uh, miss him running out of the pile with the ball holding up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that we can, you know, we'll, we'll have Dakota Allen, Jason Johnson, Justice Parker, all those guys. I'm hoping that we can add Joe Wallace and Preston Gordon to that list that we you know, that we would talk about when we describe big playmakers for tech defense. So I hadn't really heard much about Preston Gordon, but he'd mentioned Joe Wallace a few times and uh, he's a, he's a very large man. So I, I am pretty optimistic about that and hoping that they can uh, disrupt these guys once they come, come to Houston. So let's, let's talk about the game. How, how do we think it's going to go? Um, if we look at the, the first couple games, 2017, the defense really set the tone of the first possession against Eastern Washington, turnover. Against Houston, turnover. They first forced turnovers on the very first possessions of those first two games. And they did. Ended up winning those games. The Houston game ended up being a lot closer than it would have been because of late comeback win. Uh, quarterback change. Major Applewhite's like, let's actually play the quarterback that's going to win the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, those two games weren't in question, really. Like, you set the tone, you took care of business, except for, like I said, the Houston at the very end. Because you force a, a, a turnover early, I would love to see a Dakota Allen pick six first possession. Oh, just that would just, be amazing! Just go ahead and raise your hands. It's just like, <laughs> got the hands in there. Some praise hands up, some guns up. There, so there's um, I can't remember which game it was. It, it was a highlight video. It may have been for the bowl game. I don't know. The angles from like way up in the back of the end zone, looking down towards the field goal post. They score. You see a tech fan raise their guns up with a big class ring on, guns up. Like it takes up like a third of the screen, right in the middle. It's like yes, I love those. It's a beautiful shot. I love those. These guys that are famous and they have no idea. Yeah. So okay, let's talk about this game. Um, I think Ole Miss defense will be worse than they were last year. They were awful in 2017. They lost their best guys. That they will be more experienced, but. That's more of an incremental thing. Um, whereas, like, you get better incrementally with experience. You lose a bunch. Then, you you know, that talent obviously leaves. And you're then looking towards freshmen to take the roles that you had seniors in or guys going to the NFL. Um, I think regardless of your quarterback, as long as they're not running for their life, you should be able to find success on the ground in the area. Um, enough to keep the ball moving and, and to keep your offense going. I think our I think we have the advantage at the line on our offense versus their defense because they, they they lost a few offensive linemen, correct? They sure did, and then they well, no, I mean, sorry, I I, I said that I may have said that backwards. Or, is there, our sorry, offensive line versus, versus their, their defensive, defensive line. All five I, of our guys are back. They're replacing. At least two, if not also a defensive tackle that was not in the sack. Right, and two of their discussion. starting two of their starting tackles are uh, they're juniors this year, but Conley went on to say that uh, there are four other players: a tackle, two in, and and three ends that combined to miss twenty one games last year. That That's will a lot be of starting games. this year, so <laughs> they they're very inexperienced. And experienced in years, maybe not so much in games because they missed so many games. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I think our our uh, our five guys can take them on. I feel pretty good about that. I'm not sure about quarterback play yet. We'll just have to see on on that. But as long as they can take care of the ball, I yeah, think we should be. I think we get some short passes out. And we can get we can move some guys and get uh, some lanes cleared to run the ball a little bit, and hopefully kind of make it to where the quarterback doesn't feel like he has to do everything, where he can mm-hmm. hand it off and he can dump it off and just move the chains and get so a nice seven-minute drive. And amused at like thinking score. about looking back at this game in a week and a half after it's happened. We're like, man, we were so wrong. Oh, it's we gonna were be spot on. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I got called it. These are, these are going to be... These I'm, are going to be fun to relive and, and see how terribly wrong we were. Yeah, like like the uh, the take on, on Dana Ward... Did not age well. 
Um, okay, so talking about the Texas Tech offense versus their defense, I think you have the advantage there. Um, you'll probably be stopped a few times with a new quarterback also going against – I mean, like I, w- I want her to be realistic and say, okay, don't expect success on every drive where you're scoring touchdowns. They are terrible, terrible defense. You're breaking a new quarterback. Flip side, though, your defense versus their offense – I think you still have an advantage, especially along the lines and linebackers. I think they probably have the advantage on receivers versus your defensive backs. That's what I was getting at, too. I think Um, so. I think they're going to be relying heavily on the pass and look for big explosive plays. So if you can keep them in front of you, because there were very little, very few times in 2017 where you got beat deep or it was awful. And you got beat by guys like James Washington a couple of times. It wasn't like he torched you the entire game. You didn't get you didn't give up like 200 yards to like a Josh Doxson. Right. Um, you wouldn't get beat, but you would just have guys wide open. That, yeah. That yeah. seemed like there they were some, some, waiting for, oh, they're going to throw the ball to him. Okay, I'll run towards him now and tackle him maybe, hopefully, once he gets it. Yeah, they, they weren't just full on getting beaten foot races, but... It was just some soft coverage, and I'm, I'm sure that's by design because that's what you it see. Made, but it also forced the opposing offense. Yes, you got some yards on that play. You had to keep doing that. You had to keep finding. Right. And with the Texas Tech defense, you know, going after turnovers they were, the way they were, um, they were much better improved uh, tackling in space one-on-one. It wasn't... Uh, we're going to watch some guy dive at his feet and miss every time. I mean, they, they weren't perfect. They were much improved over previous years where we just harped on this defense can't tackle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were much better at rallying to the ball. You would get two or three guys there. Um, so Ole Miss replacing or building on their quarterback that they brought in midway through the last season because Shea Patterson was hurt. Replacing their running back, a couple guys on the offensive line, got some good receivers. We both picked a win for this game in Austin, or not in Austin, in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, currently still a week and a half out. I think the line is Texas Tech minus 1.5. They're expecting a close game. Really? Um, but on a, neutral, on a neutral field, they're still saying Texas Tech is a better team because there is no advantage. Although I think there will be more of an advantage in the crowd for Tech than there will be for Ole Miss. I don't know if that's contributed into this at all. Because I don't know if they look at, yes, it's neutral site, but it's still pretty close to Tech and our alumni base versus Ole Miss. I don't know. One and a half, I think it'll be a close game. Obviously, I, I don't think it's going to be too too far out of that. I'm well, thinking probably don't in the think four to sh- ten range. Yeah, I, I think we're in the... We both agree that it's not going to be a shootout. Not right? like so. And, That's and not what the, I would think. The preview that said this was going to be the first of forty-five. It was like forty-five to forty game. I don't think it'll get that high. It may be like a thirty. Was, I'm gonna probably take like a, a touchdown off. It may be like a thirty-four, thirty-eight, mm-hmm. or a thirty-five, thirty type of game. Here's a Texas Tech minus thirty-one two, minus two line right Ooh. right now. So yeah, you're. I mean, Who am I? I don't Will know. Ferrell, one of those stupid gifts. Oh, where he's the... Ah, the meatloaf. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I don't um, ever know what she's doing back there. I don't know what she's doing. Okay, so Texas Tech minus two. We're going to take Texas Tech to win this game in, in Houston. Set the season off. Are we off taking it with the spread? Yeah, because I... Are we, we going to have I, a I cover? Think, because, like I said, I think it'll be more in the four to... Ten would be like... I think it would be a pretty... Pretty sizable. Like you would feel good if you if you won by ten points. I don't. It may not be that. It may be like a four to six point win for Texas. So yes, win and cover With obviously because because two points. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Like you could win by one pretty pretty easily, without yeah. it being goofy. Or winning by th- winning by three is would, would also it would cover the spread. That would work. So give me Tech to cover the spread with the win. I'm going to say like 34-31, 35-31 type, type game. I could even see it being 38-35. There'll probably be a, a field goal in there somewhere, and we're all going to I'm seeing like a 31-27 thing is, is what yes. I'm kind of hoping okay. for. I can and, be down for that. And I, I, with Tech 
covering. Yeah. So I, gosh, guys, is it here yet? Can we watch football yet? I'm well, really ready to watch it now. By the time this this podcast release, you're we're I think we're one day out from the first games, the week zero game. No, the week zero games are this weekend. Yeah, they so are. They will already have. What been if Kingsbury football. announces the starting quarterback after we've recorded this? <laughs> and it completely changes our preview. No, I don't think it will. Because I, I think I think we're talking about you know McLean Carter versus Jet Duffy, similar enough in styles. I think McLean probably won't run as much as Duffy would. But we, we still's got him on arm strength too. I think we still saw um, we still saw McLean run it a little bit uh, in Austin. Arm strength, so we're looking for short, intermediate passes and a little bit of zone read. Um, whereas with Duffy, would be a little probably a little more zone read and deeper passes with maybe a, a turnover or two more than Carter. Right, maybe trying. I don't know. I, I don't. F- Pop it a little further. I, I don't want to change like the game preview prediction based on quarterback. I, I think I think it would. I, I don't think McLean Carter. I, I'm leaning back towards your prediction, 31-27. Um, I think it's a good number for this game. Me too, because I thought of it. <laughs> It'd be funny if you'd like. I don't think that's a good one. Um, <laughs> We did not ask for listener questions. It would be kind of strange to get any in this far in advance. You have something written? Uh, I do. ASDF. What am I missing here? What is that? Oh, called? nothing. That's uh, sorry. Oh, in, you in our just... show notes. Yeah, it's just, that was just a spaceholder. Okay. I, I, feel I, I do that with the four keys on my. Yeah, to just keep the formatting oh correctly gosh. on our document. All right. <laughs> no, that doesn't mean anything. That's just Since we met keyboard. on Tuesday, there's no update to the cord cutting corner or going yard. Nothing's yeah, changed. Nothing's changed in two days. Um, there is one last note here. What did we learn? What did we learn? A I, personal note here. I, yeah, it's a little, little personal note. My, my wife and I, we met, we had our first date at Fox and Hound here in Lubbock. And we knew, you know, we knew what year it was. We knew it was in August. And then, but we couldn't remember what day it was, and so my wife had me look it up through credit card <laughs> records of all things. So I went back to 2010 and dug up credit card records, and so because of the Fox and Hound credit card uh, transaction, we were able to trace it back to August 18th, 2010. Are you sure it wasn't some other girl you taken out? Or? I am positive. <laughs> and what what was really sad was the rest of my credit card transactions was. I think 95% fast food. I mean, fast putting on gas. Yeah, it was fast food <laughs> and United and gas and uh, Fox and Hound. <laughs> that, was, that was like all it was. But uh, so because of that, the 18th was this last Saturday. Fox and the Hound, as some of y'all know, closed down two or three years ago. But Las Brisas opened it back up and, and completely redid it. And it's now called Brisas Seafood and Lounge. So we celebrated our eight-year first date anniversary on 8-18-18 at 8 p.m. Oh. In the same building where we met. <laughs> Completely different restaurant, but same building. So that so, was just kind of fun. I don't have anything like that. Samantha and I started dating. Like, we were officially dating, like, that first week of February of 2010. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, y'all, y'all... And then we got married. And y'all were Facebook official a few months before we were. And then we got married quite a bit earlier than you guys did. We got married May of 2011. So we'd been together just over a year yeah um we were young young pups y'all I, were young. i had just i was still are going to turn 22 i was two weeks out from my 22nd birthday when we got married happily married for seven years now no complaints obviously um yeah, although i wish i've I had only been married house, just a little over made more six. money yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> drove a, a bigger taller. better truck wish a little was lighter a baller. <laughs> um so thanks everybody for joining us on the Ole Miss preview. Looking forward to doing the Ole Miss instant reaction Saturday at some point. Yeah, we've had we've kind of had some discussions on this. I, I, Hopefully, we're gonna be hooting and hollering a win. It's yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be interesting. We're we're gonna make them as informal as we possibly can. So I think currently the the plan is to meet and and do this in a truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To, just to have the AC running, just yeah, to meet AC up for running twenty and, minutes or yeah, so. Yeah, you don't have to worry about uh, kids running through or any sort of other 
thing going on. We're so. doing any kind of big production with this. It'll be quick. May post it right after that without any kind of uh, post-processing, editing, and intros and outros. Directly and to the tubes. Just stri- I may record it through the, the Podbean app and release it right then. Oh, that'd be great. Just live, um, live stream it. Well, it, it wouldn't be live. It would be like, as soon as we hit done, it would go up. Oh. Well. As opposed to now like where there's well. like a... Well, there's a, a few hour delay because I get back, edit it, and then I will schedule it to release a few hours later. Um, thanks again to Chad Hasty for getting us some really awesome pens. Yeah, Robert, Robert Duncan, Duncan's Veterinary School. It looks pens. very official. Whoever so whoever good. made those is probably uh, Texas Tech. Probably does not appreciate how official <laughs> they look. Um, <laughs> they look very good. We, we've discussed what we'll probably need to invite Chad on one of our shows and just have him. Completely school us on how to do this whole. Oh man, I know it's it, it talk show. Yeah, thing. He, he asked me. He's like, man, why don't you why don't you get me on? He's I think I think he's uh I think he's kind of hurt that we haven't reached out to him. So we'll have to get in touch with PR Chad in case you're listening and, and, and make sure that they they send you a fruit basket or <laughs> or something to to make sure that we're serious and get your invite in the mail. Yep. And obviously we've been talking about this since we started. Did we need to get Brian on at some point. Yeah. One of like the only members that's taking the planes that hasn't joined us yet. I have to get Keith on at some point, the newest member, get uh, Seth back on. Got, they'll probably have to join us on one of the preview posts, m- maybe a post game with Keith. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll just, we'll, we could switch up post games. Or, yeah, but Keith's we'll roll here. Through it. Keith's yeah, here in, in town. town. LaBar's here. LaBar. Of course, LaBar may be at the game. It may be harder to... I'll, I'll, I'll be at a lot of the games, too, for our corporate promotion. Uh, I I'm actually may be working a lot of the games or working during a lot of the games at the game. Y'all might get to hear, and I haven't even told them this, but I've the, my friends that are coming in on for West Virginia. Yes. Uh, depending on how how many of them feel like talking, Spencer's okayed the, the uh, prospect of them getting on the. Of course, podcast I okay. I was that. like, <laughs> you were talking about like having to figure out some kind of special schedule. Like, no, just have them on, do it with. Uh, them. Yeah, because I said, well, I've got some friends coming in, you know, and I'm not sure when we want to record the the podcast after the West Virginia game. And Spencer's like, well, do they want to be on a podcast? And I said. Well, I'm pretty. I'm pretty certain one of them does, and so uh, that could that could get interesting too if we can if we can get the Ace Man on. If we can get him, especially mic'd up if, if and you and some it. of your friends are inebriated. Now we, you know, we, we might we might have hit the sauce a little bit on West Virginia Day. It's possible. I mean, it's West we Virginia. Don't know, you well, have to. Like, we don't you know have like a time, jug of moonshine. Yeah, well, and it all depends on what time of the game is. So eleven. Just getting ready for that. <laughs> it's foregone conclusion. It's eleven. All right. Thanks, everybody, uh, for joining us again. Um, hopefully, we will be a little shorter on these previews because we won't be as nervous to jump into it and have all these intro topics and news. But there's plenty of news to talk about the the articles on taking the plane, the daily on ward update. Of course, the Kalachi discussion had to be had. Yep. Yeah, um, we got to bring that up. So, for Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Thank you.